So your kidneys start to fail over time with high blood pressure. And that's usually a big sign. When I see people's GFR, which is a kidney function, I look at their GFR and I ask them right away, is your blood pressure high? And many of them don't even know that. High blood pressure can really be undetected if you're not paying attention to it. It can lead to many problems down the road. And that leads to, again, our lifestyle. We're seeing so much blood pressure issues when in reality, we don't have to. So is, is blood pressure related to your performance in life, work, life, your energy, your vitality? Anytime your body starts to fail, you're going to have major problems with performance or just life in general as time goes on. We'll start off right from the get-go. What is blood pressure and why is it such a problem? Blood pressure is pressure in your vessels and this top number is called the systolic and that's when your heart's contracting so normally people understand 120 over 80 the 120 is your systolic and the 80 is your diastolic so the diastolic is when your heart's at rest and the systolic is when your heart's contra contracting and they're both important but what really i want everybody to understand is the diastolic really holds a little more weight because it's when your heart is actually during the resting period, which is a greater amount of time. And the higher the blood pressure becomes, it's like a garden hose that the inside of the vessel itself gets damaged, number one. And that leads to lots of plaque buildup and oxygenation issues. And, and the second piece is your heart has to contract harder to get through that constrictive space. Your heart's a muscle and it gets thicker. As your heart gets thicker, you have less stroke volume. And all stroke volume is, is make it simple, is it's like a balloon and you're pushing all that pressure to open up the vessel itself and it puts more stress on the heart. So two things really happen with high blood pressure. Number one, it damages your vessels. And number two, it makes your heart less efficient. And almost everybody dies depending on whether it's an accident or not. But most people die of some type of heart failure. And generally that's because you lose stroke volume. The ability to contract that muscle hard enough to push the blood out in the body. So what, why is this such a problem? A lot of people think of blood pressure and salt as one, one thing, one entity, but why are we having such a problem with blood pressure? I think the thing that's scary for us at Ontario Living is we find more and more people reach out to us about their blood pressure. And we, it's known as the silent killer because there's not a lot of symptoms many times. And so many people are walking around with high blood pressure and they don't even know it. And then over time, high blood pressure leads to all sorts of major issues. As we just discussed, heart problems, stroke, the vessels gets damaged, the heart's not efficient. And then more than anything else, the higher your blood pressure is, the more stress it puts on the extremity vessels, including your kidneys. So your kidneys start to fail over time with high blood pressure. And that's usually a big sign when I see people's GFR, which is a kidney function, I look at their GFR and I ask them right away, is your blood pressure high? And many of them don't even know that. High blood pressure can really be undetected if you're not paying attention to it. It can lead to many problems down the road. And that leads to, again, our lifestyle. We're seeing so much blood pressure issues when in reality, we don't have to. So is, is blood pressure related to your performance in life, work, life? your energy, your vitality. Anytime your body starts to fail, you're going to have major problems with performance or just life in general as time goes on.
So what will happen slowly if your blood pressure is too high, you're going to have less cardiac output, which means you're going to have less energy. And then you're going to have all sorts of problems in your extremities, your kidneys, the list goes on. So it's like many things that happen inside the body. It starts to hit all aspects of the human body, including your brain function, your kidneys, your cardiac output. So it really does a lot of things that really can affect the body in a negative way. So blood pressure, you can have too low blood pressure, too high blood pressure. Most of the conversation today, we're going to be talking about the folks that have too high of blood pressure, but where does age play a role in blood pressure? It was interesting for this podcast. I wanted to get online and just take a look at what's out there. And most of the stuff you'll see online is number one, the major problem for blood pressure is sodium. And that's not true. What ha- when we talk about sodium, what happens is if you have too much sodium, processed sodium, we're going to call it, your body will hold on to water. And as the blood vi- as the water goes up, blood volume goes up, and then it's going to put more stress on the and your blood pressure. So it's like, that, a ho- it's like a hose with syrup water versus Yeah, well, water. again, we're, we're just taught this. You can't have, you got to cut the salt. And it's true. If you looked at a process, a can of soup, like a chicken noodle soup, it'd have about a thousand milligrams of processed sodium. In reality, the human body is only designed about to have 1,500. But what we tell people is if you just focus on the source, you never have to worry about that. That actually promotes foods that are high levels of natural sodium, including celery. When I'm traveling on a plane, you and I are traveling on a plane, the thing that I always recommend is take some celery with you because it helps with edema. So we got to get away from that processed sodium, yes, bad sodium chlorohydrate, all these things we don't want. But if you're getting natural sources of sodium, it's another electrolyte, it can be a very healthy. So we'll start with a disclaimer. We're not going to tell you to get off your medications do anything radical, but myth number one is sodium doesn't really cause the blood pressure issues that we're going to talk about if you think about sodium from the source. Yeah, we're going from the source. So again, we're not talking about processed sodium, which you'll see in many processed meats or soups or canned products and things like or that. Or your doctor says you can't put uh, salt on a chicken breast or on your food. In fact, ta- you, in fact, you can improve your blood pressure a little bit if you added Celtic sea salt or Himalayan sea salt that's very alkaline. So they're not, the number one uh, risk factor for blood pressure listed everywhere is sodium. That's really just not true in the full scope. It confuses people. What's number two? I had to laugh because I'm 61. It's age. So I, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm doomed because age is it. But I, I've told people this forever. Your blood pressure doesn't have to climb as you age. That's just, it's like anything else. The human body slowly ages, but blood pressure is not that. I've had many people that I've worked with that are in their 80s and 90s, and they have completely normal blood pressure. And at one time in their life, they had high blood pressure. And we'll get into stress and why that is. And some people, when they're in their 40s to 55 in the peak part of their career, maybe have a lot of stress. And during retirement, they lose some of that stress and the blood pressure can change. But so age is the second metric most people get worried about. Again, we're going to say that's a myth. That's not true. A little side story. A good friend of mine started a new business at 26. I was drinking a little too much, trying to socialize, wasn't getting sleep, had a lot of stress, new business. His nervous system was out of balance, not eating the right foods. Doctor wanted to put him on blood pressure medication out of the blue. He said, okay, maybe it's time to self-correct. And three months later, no blood pressure issues. Age is not a really 
a determinant of blood pressure, but we have to, again, change our mindset. What else is on the list? Those are the two things that stood out to us. Anything else on the list that was... I want to just, I'm going to share a couple more. Sleep apnea, you're going to have less oxygen. And again, sleep apnea is directly what we're going to be talking about in a minute. But sleep in general, if you're not sleeping, you're going to probably have a high blood pressure. Obesity is a big one. Not moving your body, sedentary lifestyle. Too much alcohol, too much drugs, and many medications cause high blood pressure. So the side effect of many meds is high blood pressure. So there's a lot of them, but why does obesity cause high blood pressure? You're just putting a lot, you have a lot more volume of the body. So you're just adding in more vessels, you're adding more stress to the body. So any ounce of fat that you continually, you have more vessels and as more vessels creates more pressure in the heart. So again, one of the best things you can do to improve your blood pressure is get a, a leaner, fitter body. Okay, so we're talking about what's causing blood pressure. It's it's a big problem. Many people listen to this podcast, maybe having some conversations with their doctor or concern themselves about what their blood pressure is, maybe family risk. Let's talk about meds and how this potentially can lead to some of the problem with blood pressure. There's many medications that people start with. Probably the simplest one that most people start on is a diuretic. And what happens is you increase urination, you decrease sodium in the body, decrease blood volume. But the problem with diuretics is you do that, but you also will leach out minerals. So that becomes a major problem in other aspects of, and then you have these things called ACE inhibitors. And without getting too deep, but all an ACE inhibitor is you have this angiotensin hormone in the body and all it does is constrict vessels. And so what it does is it inhibits that. And then you have these receptor blockers, whether it's a beta blocker, angiotensin, and those get a little bit more serious. So beta blockers are very serious medications and they shut the body down. Heart rate goes down, blood pressure goes down. And you never want to get anybody to jump off a beta blocker because you could really risk having a heart attack. But those are some serious medications. And one that's very popular, and the last one I'll mention, is called a calcium channel blocker. And we're going to talk about this just in a second. So hang with us. But calcium causes smooth muscle to contract. Magnesium is, causes muscle to relax. So what happens is you add this medication that blocks the process of calcium contracting in smooth muscle, hence your blood vessels relax. So those are some of the major medications that people are taking. And some of the real side effects of these medications are people get headaches, they're dizzy, I used to work with many people when the docs would play around with their blood pressure medication. We'd do, be doing some exercise and get real lightheaded. So they were fine if they did nothing. But once they started to move, um, we started having major problems. And then you start seeing digestive issues. The stomach, uh, the GI tract, you're seeing diarrhea. Again, not great absorption of nutrients, acid reflux. And then kidney function, GFR, glomerular filtration rate. These are all signs effects of some of these medications. So just because you have high blood pressure, you want to step back for a second and say, okay, how serious is it? Have I talked to my doctor? And really, what are my options out there? Because blood pressure is very fixable working with your health professional. We're going to give you some good tips today. So let's start with the diuretic. And that's usually the first step in a medication for most folks. When do you have the diuretic talk with your doctor? And what are some questions you can ask your doctor before you go down that path? Well, or think, ask yourself. Yeah, I think before anybody, when you're listening to this podcast, you really want to step back and say, okay, number one, 
have had my blood pressure checked on a regular basis. It's something I think everybody should get it checked. For most people, you want that number to be 130 to top number to right around 110, 100. And again, you can be very functional if your blood pressure is 90 or 94 or whatever it might be. Look at the symptom. Am I functional? Can I move my body? Can I get up quickly? If I'm always lightheaded, then maybe my blood pressure is a little bit too low. But once it starts creeping around 130, 134, it's starting to put a little more pressure on the top number. And then the bottom number, you can see anything from 84 down to 50. So don't get crazy if your blood pressure, mine, when I went into my colonoscopy, a top number, my systolic was 100 and my diastolic was 60. That's a really good blood pressure because, again, and I always tell people the lower the blood pressure, the better if you have no side effects, what I mean by that, or symptoms. So that's really what you're thinking about, number one, is get it checked regularly. Make sure you're aware of it. And then if it starts to creep up, I tell people right away, the number one reason for high blood pressure is really between your ears. It really is that that nervous system gets out of balance. And nobody's talking about this, I truly believe. And that's why I want to do this podcast on blood pressures. You know what? If your nervous system is out of balance, you're going to have high blood pressure. And when your nervous system gets back into balance, it's amazing how blood pressure improves. And top of the stuff we're going to talk about in just a minute, like how we eat and what we're drinking and sleeping and things like that. So, so back to the diast or the diuretic. So let's just say your number's getting close, 140 over... 95, maybe 150 over 100. The first drug usually used is going to be a diuretic to try to decrease your blood pressure. That leads to side effects of leaching minerals. You're not going to be able to function as well as maybe you could, but you're going to lower that blood pressure, minimize that risk. Probably the easiest of the five drugs we talked about to get off of, avoid. What's the second round that they go to? How quick does somebody go on a beta blocker? Beta blocker is generally going to be your last resort because, again, you're quieting the whole system. So you're quieting the heart, you're quieting the blood pressure, you're slowing everything down. Heart rate goes down, blood pressure goes down, brain waves go down. So I've, in my career, more and more people that are on a beta blocker, they got a lot of stuff going on. And that's where most health professionals don't go down that path. What they do go next is they go into ACE inhibitors, and calcium channel blockers. So those are really angiotensin type drugs that basically block the receptors. And what about baby aspirin? The doctor told me I should take a baby aspirin the rest of my life. What's going on there? Your baby aspirin for most people, it's anti-inflammatory and it's also anticoagulant. And that's one of the things we talk about cod liver oil. It's an anticoagulant. There's no reason for a baby aspirin. Genesis behind the baby aspirin is it helps to decrease inflammation and it helps to thin the blood. But it's not going after the source of the problem. That's what the, that's again, I would back up before you're going, if you have an opportunity before you take any medications, you got to step back. If you're currently on a medication, again, we're not asking to mess with your medications, work with your health professional, but really step back. We, I've had hundreds of people get off their blood pressure medication, work with their doctor, but it's a systematic approach. And what happens when you're taking a diuretic most times, the reason one of the side effects is headaches is you're leaching out many minerals and one of the minerals you're leaching out is magnesium. So magnesium is absolutely essential for having healthy blood pressure, 
not having headaches, all the stuff that goes with it. We're seeing atrial fibrillation like never before. And many times when people are on a blood pressure medication, the side effect is atrial fibrillation because you're leaching out magnesium, which leads in contraction of the heart. So there's a lot of side effects of these blood pressure medications. What about taking a calcium supplement? Probably at one point, I haven't looked at the stats, the number one supplement most Americans are taking is some type of calcium supplement. Where does that play into blood pressure? If you're having too much calcium and you're absorbing, it actually can raise your blood pressure up. So calcium supplementation is something we never promote. Number one, it's very difficult to absorb. And number two, the potency is almost impossible to control. So we're a real fan of you're going to want to eat calcium-based foods and magnesium-based foods and back to the source. But again, a calcium supplement can cause lots of problems in the body, including scarring of your vessels. So there's a lot of side effects that people don't realize by taking a calcium supplement. Okay, let's get into some of the prevention. Let's talk about the nervous system. We both agree that most blood pressure issues start. Maybe they aren't ended with nervous system issues, but they most definitely start. What's the role the nervous system plays on the blood pressure? On the human body, we have this amazing orchestration of how the body works. And the big thing we would just mention, again, there's a lot of depth here, but we want to make this simple. But you have this thing called the autonomic nervous system. And what the autonomic nervous system controls is your breathing, it's all these things that you don't have to think about. That's why it's called autonomic. One side of the autonomic nervous system, you have this thing called the sympathetic nervous system. And just imagine it's like the gas pedal. So this is what gets us moving. This is what gets us excited and, and having that oomph during the day. And the other side is called the parasympathetic nervous system, the break. That's the relaxation side. So when the autonomic nervous system, the sympathetic or parasympathetic nervous system gets out of balance, you have too much tone on one side than the other, that's where blood pressure. So again, just think of the sympathetic nervous system controls your blood pressure. So if that number, if you get more stressed and you're more excited and things like that, more stimulants you're taking, that raises blood pressure. And as soon as you can get people to start slowly moving into the parasympathetic nervous side, pressure slows right down. So when I had my colonoscopy not too long ago, I was in there getting ready, getting prepped, and I'm sitting there and I'm just, I'm hooked up to a heart rate monitor and a blood pressure monitor. And all I wanted to do is to slowly change my breathing and everything went down. So that's how fast, the fastest way to lower your blood pressure is how you breathe. And the reason it is, is because your nervous system that relaxes the body is being stimulated. Number one way to control blood pressure is to consciously control the nervous system and you can consciously control the nervous system by how you breathe. We call this the nervous system switchboard. And most people don't think about how they breathe, but if you do and you can change how you breathe from a mouth and chest breather to a nose and diaphragmatic breather, you can control that parasympathetic sympathetic balance. What what should people think about? They're trying to keep their blood pressure in check. Maybe they're starting to go down the path of their blood pressure creeping up. What, what are they thinking about when it comes to breathing and the nervous system? As we've learned from Dr. Phil Nuremberger for many years, is you have to practice. And as all we're coming to this world as belly or diaphragmatic breathers, and as adults, many times we become chest breathers. So the first thing I have my clients do is I lay them flat on their back. And I have them close their eyes, breathe only through their nose. 
And they're really going to focus on that belly expanded when they're inhalation. And then slowly the belly comes back in during the exhalation. So it's a practice. So you're teaching them how to do the diaphragmatic breathing. And believe it or not, when people are hooked up to a blood pressure monitor and you do this activity, the heart rate comes way down, but that blood pressure comes right down. So then people start thinking, there's some real value here. Now I can control my heart rate. I can quiet my mind, but I'm also improving that blood pressure. So, again, but it's a practice. And we all know that sometimes we have things in our world that make us stressed. So it's a real strategy to help you lower your blood pressure on demand, including your heart rate rate by how you breathe. All right. So nervous system is a big player in blood pressure. If we can control how we breathe, manage our stress, there's many tactics and strategies to do that. We're starting to move in the right direction. Let's talk about food related to blood pressure. I think we can cover lots of ground here, but I think the two things I wanted to mention here, number one is magnesium. Because magnesium is a mineral relaxation and it's an electrolyte that's easily pulled out of the body. So we love Epsom salt baths. It's absorbed through skin, a couple cups of Epsom salts in a warm bath a couple of times a week, super high in magnesium. Also, any ancient green, oatmeal, amaranth, teff, is high in magnesium. So also, B vitamin is very calming. Many of these diets that are trending right now, would you call them? magnesium leeches? Not only call them magnesium leeches, but again, how the, it's not always what we eat, it's what we're not getting. So I work with so many people as you and our team that are so deficient in magnesium. And so they're on this diet and that diet and they look good and their, their focus is great, but their health is terrible. And then they're, they learn this and they're just so disappointed that they didn't realize that the stuff they're doing is actually causing them to leach out many of these minerals, including magnesium. If the body, if the pH gets out of balance and the body becomes too acidic, you're going to be deficient in magnesium and calcium and all the things we need to keep that blood pressure in balance. So and a big thing I try to focus people on is number one is make their body alkaline so they preserve the minerals. And number two, high magnesium-based foods could... Uh, Bananas, chia potatoes, chia seeds, all these wonderful things that we have on our website that are high in magnesium that instantly improve your blood pressure. Couple keys, nervous system through how you breathe, food. Let's think about how do we get more magnesium? How do we hold on to more magnesium? Couple of foods high in magnesium are ancient grains, chia seeds. We're fans of figs, dates, raisins, all these foods from the source that are high in magnesium. We're not a big fan of synthetic magnesium via a supplement or some type of pill. It's harder to absorb. So if you can get through food, it's always going to be better. And if you're looking for that extra oomph, then do an Epsom salt bath that are pure magnesium. The absorption through the skin is very high. So those are some tactics to really start to look in ways to improve blood pressure. Because I think what most people want is they want results. And if they go to the doctor, they go to the health professional and their blood pressure is out of balance, the health professional's job is to get you back into risk, risk factor. Yeah, and I think one other thing I want to mention about the foods is some of the healthy fats, I don't say free fats like avocados and extra virgin olive oil are really amazing for your blood pressure. 
and then your omega-3 fats. So again, remember, it's not just eating these magnesium foods, which again are high in magnesium, but you also want to have some of these healthy fats that are high in nitric oxide that actually relax the vessels. So there's some real science about some of these foods and how powerful they are to affect your blood pressure. And we get a lot of people that eat clean, and, and this is a trend right now. People are eating cleaner, but in that process, they're forgetting there are some nutrients that they need to add that our food system doesn't have. So for example, if you're having a clean chicken breast, organic chicken breast with some asparagus, maybe some red skin potatoes, that is very clean eating. Or maybe you're having a salad with some vegetables and stuff on it. Most people aren't getting some of these essential fats, these essential nutrients. And that's where you want to look at some foods that are a little more nutrient dense. Because it's not always about getting rid of food to being healthy. It's sometimes what food needs to be added for you to be optimized. And that's where we're seeing over and over again, many people are cutting out. And in the process of cutting out, they're not adding some of the critical nutrients that help us thrive. One of the last things is cacao, which is real chocolate. So whether you take cacao powder and put it in my ancient greens, which I had this morning, I had teff with cacao powder, or you're making a smoothie with a cacao nibs. So once people start adding some of these high magnesium foods, some of these healthy fats, ancient grains, high B vitamins, potassium, magnesium, and then they work on their breathing and stay hydrated because dehydration is one of the worst things you can do for your blood pressure. Those are, body starts getting magical and get crazy here, but we start moving our body a little bit on a daily basis. And the next thing you know, blood pressure is the thing of the past. Okay, let's end with this. How to improve blood pressure. We talked about some tactics all over the board. Let's give them the five things to do to improve your blood pressure. And then we'll end with some questions to ask your health professional and we'll leave you with a quick tip. So what are the five things listeners should walk away doing to improve blood pressure? Number one, hands down, you have to understand you gotta get more balance in your nervous system. Manage stress. You gotta, and you gotta, and the big one for that is diaphragmatic or belly breathing. So if you can think of that, number one, it's a practice you do every day for a minute to two minutes. You can do it multiple times a day. It doesn't cost a dime. Actually, it's a practice. You'll get better and better at that. Okay, what's two? Number two, I truly believe you got to get hydrated because as people are dehydrated, you're going to see all sorts of problems in the body. The body becomes acidic and your nervous system, your, your sympathetic nervous system starts to get more stressed leading to what we just talked about. What's three? Number three, I could bring the magnesium foods to the party. Cacao, avocados, ancient grains, chia seeds, chia seeds bananas, figs, dates, raisins, anything high in magnesium, and then that Epsom salt bath we talked about. So if you bring magnesium to the party, fantastic things start to happen. Okay, what's four? Number four, you got to move your body. The body loves, the blood pressure will definitely be improved by moving your body because what happens is you get that nervous system back in line. So the body needs to have some of these, it's like a going down the highway. You need to take the car out and run it a little bit to release some of these uh, hormones in the body. So that's a big one there. And then last one, got to get enough rest. So pay attention to your sleep. What kind of micro breaks do you do during the day? You bring all these things together. And what that does during the day, it helps that nervous system again, get back into balance. So those are the big ones right there. But we, you and I have both seen major transformations at hundreds of people over the last 30 years that have gotten off their blood pressure medication, work with their doctors or 
never get on a blood pressure medication to begin with. All right, so here's the top five tactics. Number one, breathing, changing from a chest breather to diaphragmatic breathing. You can do that one to two minutes a day working on your diaphragmatic nasal breathing. Number two is hydrating half your body weight in ounces of water a day. Number three is getting magnesium-rich foods, cacao, avocado, Epsom salt, bass, dates, raisins, figs, chia seeds. Number four is getting movement, daily movements, going to help the body be more efficient, helping the cardiovascular system. And number five, prioritizing rest. And so as we wrap this up today, we want to give you one question to ask your doctor. Many of the things that we do on a daily basis is trying to educate people on to be their own health advocate. And so what's the number one question doctor's saying, I'm worried about your blood pressure. Maybe you're worried about your blood pressure. What should you ask maybe yourself or your health pro uh, professional in regards to your blood pressure? I think number one is you're aware of it. So it's really nice that you're, you know, your health prof professional is asking you about it. So it's a great thing to start the conversation. I think that's number one is awareness. Once you become aware, the doctor is going to try to help you get that blood pressure under control. Now, this in support of the physicians out there, how much time do they have and are you going to be compliant? So they're just trying to protect you. So what you need to do is take it, like you just said, you got to take that. You got to be your greatest health advocate and you say, here's the deal. I'm, I'm going to do some of these things to high blood pressure. And then if you're not going to do that, then you're be going down the path of medications. So I think number one is awareness. And number two, what are you willing to do to, and if you are currently on a blood pressure medication, then you talk to your doctor and say, here's my plan. I'm not going to change any medications, but I'm going to start this plan we just discussed. And then you can go to your doctor and say, okay, here's the deal. I'd like to cut medications down because I'm really working on my lifestyle. I'm losing some weight. I'm eating better. I'm paying attention to my, all that stuff that we just discussed. And that, that's how I've had so many people get off their blood pressure medications working slowly with their health professional. All right. So as we end this, blood pressure is the silent killer. You can hear this many places, but it's a non-invasive marker, meaning you don't have to draw blood. You don't have to spit in a cup. You don't have to do anything to really measure it. And so you can get blood pressure cuff. There's many places where you can put money in or do it for free and you put your hands on a gripper or else it's doing the cuff around your arm and it will give you your blood pressure. We really recommend measure your blood pressure, know what your blood pressure is, track it. Is it fine? And then you go and get stressed out and it gets out of balance because that just means we have to add some rest and rejuvenation into your day. Because what we see is when your nervous system gets out of whack, this is how most people start to go down this path of high blood pressure. Then the body's gonna start to adapt, evolve, in many cases, most people don't know they have a blood pressure issue until it's further down the tracks. We wish everybody a very balanced nervous system, a healthy blood pressure, and until next time, we'll see you again soon.